This is View from the Cop on the Blood Red Channel, our Liverpool FC fans podcast, bringing you all the big talking points at Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock, and I'm joined by Paul Philbin and a special guest for the View from the Cop podcast. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, August 20th, which is the day that Liverpool have found out their fixtures for the new season. It's always an exciting day, but I think you'll excuse our special guest for having even bigger things on his mind. Because at midnight on Friday, August 21st, Jamie Webster, who is on the line with us now, releases his debut album of original material, We Get By. Jamie, I think your tweet that you posted this morning on Twitter said it all, but how are you feeling, mate? Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm over the moon. I'm excited, but there are nerves creeping in there as well. But you know, it's 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 a big day. It's something it's something I've worked towards since signing the, the record deal. It's something I've dreamed about since since I started playing music in bands and you know practicing with my mates when I was like thirteen, fourteen. It's a uh, tomorrow's like the sort of the the, the first the, the first big day of a, of, the, of the new chapter. And yeah, I can't wait to see. Can't wait to see the reaction. Just can't wait to have it out there. Can't wait to. You know, see it on Spotify as the album, as the complete body of work. Everything that's gone into it, it's been amazing. Do you know what I mean? So, if we can, if we can get where we want to get off it, that that's the that's the the ideal, the idea. Do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I, even if it doesn't do what I wanted to do, I've had an unbelievable time uh, making the album, recording it, and you know the support, regardless of how it does, has been overwhelming. So yeah, I've made up. We'll get into the the recording of the album in a minute, but just ask you, Paul. I know you've go to Liverpool game with with Jamie. You've known him for years. Is it a big thing seeing one of the lads doing this? You know, like his, his dreams being realised. As Jamie was saying there, he you know when he started playing guitar and as a teenager, everything that he's done with the Liverpool material, and now he's obviously writing his own. It's going down so well. You know, for for you and your mates, is this this a big thing as well? Yeah, it's great. I reckon I've known Jamie about what, five six years now. I think it is, and um, like. I've watched him in booze in town and obviously at the boss nights and things like that. And it's it's amazing to see somebody the eight Liverpool, just a normal lad, um doing something that he's dreamt about about doing for a long, long time. Um and the good thing about the city is uh, no matter what, people will get behind him, no matter who they support, you just don't have to look at like around the around the city with sport and stuff. As like boxes and that, people forget about the football side. I know there'll be the odd person who might mention it, but it's nothing to do with football, is it? And to be honest, I think the, the support in the city will be massive for them. And to, like on a personal level, I can't wait for it to drop tomorrow because I don't know about you, Willow, but since working from home, I've just got music constantly playing yeah. just to get me through the night. So <laughs> I've got some new material to listen to tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, that's what we wanted here, Paul. Nice one. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. brilliant. You know, like it is. Phil yeah, was saying then, Jamie, the fact that, you know, your music has definitely resonated with people. You've seen the, the chart positions that you've had for your singles. You know, you can see the, the love for you on social media. Do you feel like you're writing for an audience of people who maybe maybe not always recognise kind of thing? You've talked about it being like documenting working class life. You're glad that people are connecting with it. Like what I've done in the, 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 the LFC world with music, the support I've had, you know, the platform it's put me on, like it's been amazing. But the biggest, the biggest challenge was always going to be crossing over into that music world, and you know, you know, standing on my own two feet as a musician, you know, and the song, the songs being the songs, and not nothing to do with LFC, um, and yeah, I just, it's it seems that like over the past few months, things have started to to grow in that sense. You know, the the, the people are not, the majority 
the majority of my tweets and my interactions that I'm that I'm dealing with now, or a majority of them are to do with my own music. Whereas you know, but I love the LFC stuff and I always will. But like, it's it's great to, to finally see things starting to move in the other direction as well. And you know, like break the city in in the sense that you know other football fans have been getting in touch. You know, saying that they like the music, they're coming down to the gigs, and people who aren't necessarily lovers of football have also been getting involved, you know, proper music heads, vinyl collectors and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I've, it's given me loads of confidence over the past few months and, you know, it, it that sort of response, it keeps you doing what you're doing at the level that you are, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm working on album two now, I'm three and a half tunes into album two. Wow. And, and, and the fact, the fact that, all these people are giving me that confidence and that inspiration and that feedback about my own tunes. It, you know, it gives you the belief and, and like I said, the confidence to, to do it. So, yeah, I'm made up with, with how, it's, how it's going. The, the, the responses, the, you know, the crowds are growing and growing. The, the love's growing and growing. It's it's something that, that, that I could never have expected in this short space of time. And, yeah, I just, I've got nothing to say, but thank you to everyone who, who has supported me because I wouldn't be in this position without those people. Um, I always, I've always maintained that like a footballer is nothing without his fans. Likewise, a musician is nothing without his fans. A builder is nothing without his tools and his workforce. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the same. Or uh, nothing is done on your own. Not, not in the things that I've just mentioned. Do you know what I mean? You, you have to have support. You have to have help. You have to have fans. You have to have backing. Basically, do you know what I mean? To, to exceed. And I've had that right from the off. And, and thankfully, it's growing and building. And yeah. Like I said, I'm just I just feel really lucky to have such an, an unbelievable fan base, both in the LFC world and now the growing fan base that I've got with my own students is absolutely phenomenal as well. I was just gonna say what he's what Jamie was saying there about uh, other people. Like I've got mates in like away from the football, obviously who either don't like football or who are Everton fans and they listen to his music as well. And I've mentioned it to me like that they listen to it, so it shows that throughout the city it is. His music is getting across to everybody, really, like from all different backgrounds. Most definitely, and as you say, you'll probably see that best, won't you? Everton, Liverpool fans, football fans, non-football fans, you know, just, as you say, music fans solely when you get to do the gigs. Uh, before we we talk about them, because I know there's a big tour next year, like, Paul, have you had any favourite gigs of Jamie's that you've been to so far? I know you'll certainly be going next year, but is there any particular that stood out for you? Do you know what? Right, um, it was it was quite a short but sweet one. It was when the uh, weekend of paradise um, was released that night. It was just after Liverpool played Aston Villa, obviously the late winning, and the coach all went down uh, into town for that. And yeah, that was quite a memorable night. So yeah, I'd say that it was short and sweet, but it was amazing. Like, and everyone was buzzing. It was a great night. I mean, I'm glad you think so. Like, I mean, me personally, that night, Paul. Uh... I thought that you know my performance needed to be a lot better, and I walked off the stage. I walked off the stage with a lot of criticisms of myself, and that was the performance that certified to me that I need a band behind me. Um, but like you say, Weekend in Paradise had just been released, and I ended the gig with that song, and it was phenomenal. That was the first time I've ever had any sort of sort of interaction like that with one of my own songs with the crowd, and yeah, it, it was memorable. That moment for me was memorable. The last two songs, this place and Weekend in Paradise, were great. But leading up to that, I could have been a lot better. And uh, but no, I'm glad you think so, mate, because it must just be me putting a bit too much criticism on myself. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, it was amazing, mate. Because like 
the song had been out what a matter of days and you had yeah. everybody singing it back to you it was just unbelievable like yeah yeah well nice one mate I've took a bit more confidence from this phone call already <laughs> <laughs> you say you're now full band when you go out and tour you'll certainly have them and how was the whole experience in the studio because when we spoke to you before you'd obviously produced a couple of singles and we knew you were working on uh, the album which is obviously called We Get By but, but how did the whole process go how did you feel being in Park Street Studios you know putting this product together do you know what I had the time of my life like no like not one day in that studio did I feel like oh, I can't be bothered with this or this is you know it was just unbelievable uh, one of the days that we went in it was straight after we it was straight after we sort of lost the election well a lot of us mm-hmm. felt that we'd lost the election and um, I needed that day I was like deflated about you know I, you know I think my songs state where my political policies lie and and, and, and how much I, I, I wear that on my sleeve. So the next day I was so deflated. I think we were recording, um, it was this place, and I think it was this place that we were actually recording, or it might not might have been, no, it was Living for Yesterday, actually. Um, and, like, working with, like, the, I don't know, I don't know half the album with Rich Tavey, he was an unbelievable producer. Um, and then I done the second half of the album with Chris Taylor, who was equally an unbelievable producer, do you know what I mean? Uh, so I've had, like, two unbelievable people to learn off really and like to go in the studio the next day with Rich he's not only a great producer he's a great person and he daily um, you know he picked my he lifted my attitude up he lifted his own and we sort of bounced off each other every time I work with with, um, with Rich we bounce off each other we, you know we have a great time making the music it's sort of organised chaos in the way that we do things uh, and like you know today to you tune Going from like an acoustic voice notes into like a fully polished single, it's an unbelievable process. And like when you like when you come out from what you go in with to what you come out with, like you know, I could only urge someone that if they ever get the chance to to doc like you being journalist, if you ever get the chance to document any studio work or anything like that, or you've got mates who are in the studio and they're recording a single and they, and like they might want you to come down just for a, a bit of moral support or for a gig or like just for to take a few pictures or whatever it's mind-blowing things you will ever witness like it's for me now it's i'm used to it you know what i mean but like at first it was like especially like weekend in paradise and living for yesterday i was like wow this is this is like i want some of this do you know what i mean this is this is how i could i could spend my days every single day doing this sort of stuff do you know what i mean and uh yeah so i got so basically the, the tunes that I done with Rich Tavey where weekend mainly the singles basically so weekend in paradise, um, living for yesterday, grinding the gears, this place and common people. They're the tunes and they're the tunes that like we didn't play with the band. We just done all the production ourselves. Rich done most of it himself to be honest. And and like you know I I give my input on how I wanted it. The rest of the tunes off the album we recorded with Chris Taylor and with a full band. So there's like two different sort of ways of doing things. And to do it with the band was, again, it was a great experience. The band already knew Chris really, really well, a lot better than I did. Because the drummer, is he plays for the Coddle sometimes, he plays for the Lightning Seeds sometimes, and he plays for She Drew the Gun sometimes as well. Uh, my guitarist plays for James Skelly, Mick Head, David Edgar. Do you know, he's played for a lot. He's in his own band called The Peach Fuzz. Then my bass players played for nearly everyone that I've just mentioned there as well, and and text for them. So these are proper session musicians. They, 
So to go in the studio with them and even come in the Pracky room with them and turn the songs into band songs, it was, to be honest, he made me life a million times easier working with all these people that I've just mentioned. Chris, Rich, Jim Sharrock on the drums, Danny Murphy on the guitar and Tim Cunningham on the bass. Dave, like, I've, I've already spoke about my managers, Dave and Alfie. Dave and Alfie have walked me through the game mm-hmm. and, like, put me in touch with all these people. But these lads, like, in terms of creating the records... It's just been it's it's been an unbelievable experience. It's, it's a boss it's a boss thing to be a part of. And working with the band, I hadn't done it since I was about fifteen or sixteen. And like thankfully, these lads are that good. They're just pros. And I think Paul, you come down to the the arts club gig and you know the yeah. difference in the sound and and everything and the professionalism. Just playing with that band, it's 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 frightening. And uh, you know they really do. They make me look a lot better than I am. And uh, even with the records, do you know what I mean? The, these lads get phoned up the night before to to come in and, and play on a record the next day that they've never heard before in their life. And, and they're that good. That they, no matter what style, jazz, metal, rock, hip-hop, they can do it. They're that good. And um, like that was the case with a couple of my songs. When we were finishing the album, um, the lads had never heard the songs before until they heard my acoustic version and I'd already recorded that I had to lay it over in the studio and they'd done those two songs and also The Joker as well, which they already knew, all those songs in a day. It was the last day before lockdown to get the album finished. I think I may have spoke about it. And uh, yeah, it was just, the whole experience has just been, it's been surreal. Do you know what I mean? When you're a young musician, you, you know, you think you have to gig to get money off gigs to do a demo. Do you know what I mean? In like a mediocre studio with a mediocre producer. Um, the opportunity I've had, thanks to Dave and Alfie, has been surreal. And yeah, I've just, I've enjoyed every every last breath of it from recording, gigging, practicing. Yeah, to, to, to even signing the albums. It's been, it's been unreal. At any other stage, you you probably stay out on the road, wouldn't you? But obviously, the situation means you're going to have to wait a, a little longer for that. You know, compared to when the three of us spoke on this podcast in the summer, the situation has Im- improved a lot. You know, we've got a lot more freedom. And the good thing is, don't you, Jamie, you know, when you do get back to playing gigs in February and March, the venue is actually going to be bigger and better than the ones that you were you were first booked for. The, the new tour is something that, that I can't I can't, I can't wait to. Um... I just can't wait to get out on that. You know what I mean? It was it's a shame that September isn't going ahead. Like I've always said, that the best thing about even though I talk about we love in the studio, the main, the best thing about playing music, the reason you play music is to play live in front of people, in front of fans, to have them great moments, to have those experiences. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, for me, for me, it, it was a blow that you know, and for all musicians, not only me, it's a blow that we can't do that right now. But if March is the next time that I can play. Look, the tours, I'm playing the Guild in Liverpool. The only place to go bigger in the city is the Echo Arena. Um, you know, I sold that out in, in, a, in a day. Um, you know, I'm doing a 600 capacity venue in Manchester, heading for a sellout, doing a tour, a, 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 three, a three day weekend in Ireland. Two of those, well, one's already sold out, the other's about three tickets away from selling out. And, you know, Cork on a Sunday, that'll be sort that'll start filling up once there's no more places for you know, for people to go, basically. Glasgow's on its way to a sellout. Fit 500 and odd people in there. We've, I've sold out two venues in Glasgow without even playing them. 
you just keep upgrading the venues. Likewise with Manchester. Bristol, I didn't even know Bristol was going to be on the tour. <laughs> That's about 30 tickets away from places like Newcastle, Leeds. All these all these places are proper working-class cities. And uh, even London as well. You know, like The last gig I've done in London was amazing with the bands, and I can't wait to get back down there. But like all these cities, are, you know, we've got massive working-class population. And once they hear the music, they're going to, you know, I'd like to think that they're going to connect with it and they're going to want to be part of, of the experience and the journey and they're going to come down to those gigs. And, you know, I can't wait. I just, I can't wait to be on the road with the lads. You know, my first proper tour where I'm, you know, t- 10 nights away, gigging every night, you know, playing to different crowds. It's, just, it's the way of life that you always dream of. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to be on. I can't wait to be on the bus with the lads, and just just like going from city to city, town to town, and and you know I'm confident that there's going to be some memorable, memorable nights on that tour. I bet Paul that one at the Guildhall in in Liverpool, as Jamie said, that's sold out. That's going to be a real celebration for for many, many reasons. Not just for Jamie and the celebration of his music, but for a lot of people in in the city, it's probably going to be one of the first big gigs. You know, we've we've all been to in the best part of the year. Yeah, and Liverpool might have won the league by then as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I say, no, it's gonna be it's gonna, it's just joking about the footy, obviously. But like, it's gonna be a celebration to to remember. I think like that. I think a load of people who I know, loads of my mates, went to the Jerry Cinnamon concert there, and it was insane. So for me to get the chance to do to get up on that stage and do that to a crowd like that, like um, like I wish it was tomorrow. I really do. But you know. It means I've got loads of time to get ready. Hopefully, I'll have another single out before then. You know, off off album number two, and you know it's gonna be. A, it means I can have a longer set. You know, few few uh, scouts covers in there. I think it's gonna be. You know, to to see the night off towards the end of it, and you know, I'm, I've got visions of that night already. And uh, you know, we can. It's a shame it's March, but you know, seems like the other day that we were going into lockdown in March and, and now we're, we're heading towards September. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. And uh, yeah, I'll be ready. The View from the Cop on the Blood Red Channel. Let's come on to the football a little bit because by the time you're out touring again in February, March next year, we, we're all very hopeful that f- some fans will be allowed back in football stadiums, which I know is something we talked about at length on the last podcast we did. It, back then, it felt too too early to talk about football coming back, but it did. And as we, we, we all know that Liverpool were crowned champions for the first time in, in 30 years. It was the first time in, in both your lifetimes because you, you, you both boys were both in your 20s. How did it feel when it was, it was finally confirmed? You know, we all knew it was going to happen happen but it, it was finally done and dusted I think well Paul I'll let you lead because if I start <coughs> we'll be here for half an hour <laughs> yeah it, it was a weird experience I because obviously the circumstances in which we won it um, it was different obviously from what we all wanted but it was still amazing it's a feeling that I've never felt before like obviously but when it happened all I felt was like oh I want this feeling again but with People, more people around me, like the night of uh, Chelsea City. I went out to my and he had like a little bit of a party and stuff, and we just watched it in his garden and stuff, and then made a night of it and celebrated, obviously. And then um, for the for the next few days, enjoyed it. I was luckily off work for, the, for that period of time, and then um, the night of the Chelsea game, the night we listed it, I was uh, 
in the boozer and like a lot of the lads from the match were there as well which was great to see and like have that moment with them not everyone was there that you'd want to be there but it was still amazing and I can remember it's it was mad because I just finished my pint went to the bar to order a new one and as I was ordering I just heard the uh, the start of this place and looked at the celly and like <laughs> what's going on here it was and like that moment was um for a lot in there, quite emotional compared to even probably the trophy lift. Like there was a few people with their lumps in the throat when that happened, and Jamie's probably spoke to the lads about that who were, <laughs> had the lumps in the throat that night. But yeah, it was it was a special moment. Um, it it was a diff, it's a completely different feeling when you're being caught, but it's a feeling that I want again. Yeah, and sure, we'll, before we finish, we'll talk about maybe next season. But Jamie, you kept that under wraps pretty well, didn't you? The fact that, you know, you work with Sky Sports to, to have this place to a special video for Liverpool winning the league. God's honest truth, Paul, right? I didn't know it was going on Sky. Really? No, no. Right, I, right, I'd, I, right I'll tell you the story on this now. I'd agreed to do this with the Premier League, right? I'd recorded this place to be the third single release. The Premier League got in touch talking about wanting me to provide well, actually wanted a lay a lay a lay or a Liverpool song to be the to be the sort of montage of 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 the title winning season. And this was around, you know, Jan- I think January time that it started getting discussed. And uh, my management come back and said, Listen, Jamie, Jamie they, they said that they wanted they would told us the vision for it, that they wanted to include you know, stuff in the city, all that sort of stuff. And um my management, you know, I I wasn't included in the email at this time. And my management sort of jumped in and said, listen, he's just recorded a song called This Place. It's all about the city and about, like, you know, being proud of where you're from, X, Y, and Z. Here's the, you know, here's the, here's the mix that we've just recorded. Just let me see what you think. And, and the Premier League, Alex, the lad's name was, who, who, who sort of oversaw the whole thing. And he was brilliant. He, he, he's from down south, but he really got it. Mm-hmm. He understood Scousers as people and he understood Liverpool as a city. And it was brilliant. Well, you know, I think he was an Arsenal fan, but he really got it. And he was made up for us. He, he was, you know, a great fella, a great football fan. And um, he loved the song. He, he said, this is the one we want. Don't change that mix for, you know, even if you do change it, we want that mix for our montage. You know, it's perfect. You know, we're going to use this. This is going to be the soundtrack of, of Liverpool lifting the title. It's going to, it's, but it was going to be their soundtrack. So he said, it's going out, you know, it's going to go out to the likes of B in Sports, mm-hmm. NBC, RTE, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It was maybe BT, maybe. Do you know what I mean? It was, um, that was the extent of it. So we were planning to do this in like Feb, early March, I think, you know, in, in for the present. I think it was supposed to go out the Chelsea game, the the video, you know, um, for when we were going to lift it and stuff like that. And um, but like obviously that Chelsea game was supposed to be early May or something yes. like that, yeah. wasn't it? So the, this place was supposed to be that was supposed to be the release around that time. And um, because because we knew we wouldn't have that sort of promotion, we delayed the re- release, which is like grand and the gears and something's got to give came out. They were sort of last-minute decisions to release them, you know, a week or two before. Um, and then it come round, you know, it comes to come round to like July or something like that, you know. And then they were like, "We need to record this video." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, nearly forgot about that." So I went down to Park Street, recorded my part. Again, he told me it was going out on 
those, those the platforms I told you about earlier and around social media and stuff like that. So sound and I, I've been working with Standard Charter doing this thing called um like the Stan Red Soundboard. And um it was basically me controlling the crowd noises through their live stream of the match. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was uh, I'm sorry, it's sort of a bit of goggle box while you're watching the match, my reaction whilst I'm doing all this like phone in with legends X, Y, and Z. It was a good little, good little number, whatever. So, but we finished like five, ten minutes after the game every week. I done like seven out of the eight remaining fixtures with them. So when it comes to, to doing that, the final game, I said to them, "Listen, can we wrap this up with the legends on like five minutes after the game?" I said because I want to drive to the halfway house to see us lift this trophy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So they were they were dead understanding. The director was a Chelsea fan as well. Funny, funny enough, <laughs> and he and, and he was sound good lad as well. You know what I mean? We had we had a good laugh in the weeks leading up to it and stuff like that. Um, and he let me go. He was like, "Yeah, okay, just make it, wrap it up in your own time." So I think it was. Oh, it was John Aldridge, was it? And um, it was like, "Yeah, John, thanks very much, mate. You know, enjoy the trophy lift. To see you later." And I literally took my headphones off, ran out the door, got in my car. And, you know, I thought I was going to get nicked for doing about ninety mile an hour <laughs> down to the halfway house. But it was in the Malmaison where I was doing it, and I pulled up to the halfway house in my little spec that I have outside. And I walked into the pub and I looked and the video started. <laughs> and I didn't know it was on Sky. And I went, what's the channel seen? It was on Sky. And I'm like, F- my phone's going off its head. Uh, you know, everyone's I was gobsmacked. It's just as gobsmacked as everyone else that it was going on Sky. I knew, I knew the video was going to be released sometime that night, but I didn't think it was going to have that sort of reach. And um, yeah, like, you know... The, it was an unbelievable experience seeing that and then me I sort of when the video finished I found the lads in the pub and like the all you know it was a big cheer and a big laugh and all that and uh, you know we waited then and, and watching the, us lift that league you know I thought that like I'd miss a lot I'd miss out on a load of feelings that I'd feel if you know if we were all in the stadium but you know what on the plus side of it I was stood next to like three three or four of my very best mates who I would not have been stood next to if we were in Anfield that day do you know what I mean? I could have been stood either I'd have been stood with my dad and my brother, which would have been an unbelievable thing. But for many people, a lot of people would have been stood on their own yes. with people who did yeah. you know. And not, not when you're never on your own because if you have season tickets and stuff like that, you see the same people every week and yeah, you go to the match and some people have got great relationships of just going to match together for years. But you know, there was the opportunity there to to go with you, you know. Go with your dad and your brother if you wouldn't have the opportunity. Go with your best mate, you know what I mean? With all these people. And it was I felt things that I didn't really feel think that I was gonna feel. And it was it was amazing. It was an amazing night. Obviously the single went mad after that. It's still still streaming like an absolute dream now. It's you know, it was a great, great night. It really was. I couldn't uh, couldn't fault it in any way, really, you know, other than obviously, you know, for the circumstances we were in, it couldn't have went any better. And yeah, it was true. And then the day later, as I was catching on, catching up on my messages, I seen that the fella from the Premier League had texted me at half eight that night to say that Sky had just took it. <laughs> so like, I hadn't looked at my phone. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, it was a, it was a good little story to be honest. But uh, yeah, I was as gobsmacked as well. You know, when you say keep it under your hats. Like I was as gobsmacked as you when I seen it go on Sky, you know what I mean? Even my dad, my dad phoned me nearly crying. Saying, <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? Saying, oh, like, brilliant. That. My mum, exactly the same. Do you know what I mean? Like, just 
it's a good job that they were watching it on Sky, to be honest, because they have missed it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was um, it was a great great experience, great nice, and you know one that will live long with not just with me but with with, with many Reds for years and years to come. Absolutely brilliant yeah. story. Absolutely and, brilliant story. And just like uh, 2005 in my life is always uh, linked to that. Now we've. Jamie's got his own version, hasn't he? But this place will always be linked to the night of Liverpool to the Premier League. 10, 15 years when you look back and that song's still being played. When you watch watch highlights, it's one of those things that he's got forever, really. It's amazing. Uh, this place, obviously, on the album, we get by by the time you're listening to this podcast, will be out. You know, you'll be able to download it, buy it, however you get your music. And uh, Jamie, very best of luck with it. That, and I'm sure it will do very, very well. Just one final question for you and probably for Paul as well. Uh, with the new season, only a few weeks away, as I said at the top of this podcast, you know, the fixes are out now. I think Liverpool have got friendlies coming up this weekend and next, and then there's Arsenal in the Community Shield. Can you see more success for, for Liverpool coming up this season? Absolutely, and hopefully we're in the ground for it this time. Yeah, I mean, I, I can always see success for Liverpool under Jürgen Klopp, do you know what I mean? I think it's been no... no, no coincidence that since the man's coming we've got progressively better and better and that improvement shows the sign of stopping so for me if uh, and for Liverpool fans in general you've got to be nothing but confidence you know like going into uh, going into this new season you know we haven't lost we haven't lost any big players um, you know this, who knows what's going to come you will probably know a bit more than me on on who's going to come in um, you know I think if if the rumours about Thiago were true and, and, and he was to sign for Liverpool, I think that'd be, think you know that'd just give you more confidence, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? You're signing world-class players after winning leagues. You know, we, we, I think one thing that we've always, I think one thing that we've needed is is cover for fullbacks, and I think with with this new lad coming, I don't know too much about what he's like, and also with Nico Williams at right back stepping up. I think you know we we have we we've got that balance now in reserve, and uh, I can't wait to see. I just the, the lads, listen, those players have won the league. And I think I think I've always said that. I just think that the, the loss in Kiev was the was the was the bitter pill that made us go on and win it the next year. I think going so close to City in the league the year before was the you know the focus for winning it this year in the in the the, the way that we did, and I think not. Being able to to win it with fans in the ground and you know have that proper celebrate like that proper title win with everything back to normal, I think that's going to be the bitter pill this year that those players are going to say, do you know what? I'm like yeah, it was great, but it wasn't good enough. We want to do it like in front of those fans and and like I I, I think they will. Just, just, I think I think if anyone was to to doubt us, I think you'd be soft. I don't think I think the only team who were anywhere near us in any stretch of the imagination. We're Man City, and they don't look like they've got too much better for me. Do you know what I mean? All right, they give us a hiding when we went to play them. That was always going to happen. I think, you know, they wanted to prove a point. They had to give us a guard of honour. We'd, and we'd been, the players had been out and had a massive party. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, it was never, it was never going to be the recipe for a 5 0 Liverpool win, was it? You know what I mean? So, I think, yeah, we just got. I think as Liverpool fans, we've got loads to look forward to. Jürgen Klopp and Pep Linders and the whole backroom staff have got the got it boxed off for them lads. Do you know, um, 
I know some of the lads who work for Liverpool who are away in Austria with them now, and you know from what I'm hearing, it's, you know just business as usual. Everyone's great, everyone's looking sharp, everyone's focused. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, great to hear, mate. We get by by Jamie Webster. That debut album is out. I say now because as I say by the time this podcast is released it will be out now very best of luck with it mate and thank you very much for joining us on this podcast and no doubt we'll have you on again if that's okay later in the year and certainly before the, the new tour definitely Paul nice one for having me and nice one Phil Bow. hopefully see you soon no worries sir. yeah you too I'll take care you've been listening to the View from the Cop podcast on the Blood Red channel